0: 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, if you would please stand for the reading of God's Word, if you're able to, and if we got a song here or not, Yep. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, we've been preaching through a series that we've titled Power in That Name, and when you think about the name of Jesus Christ, do we think definitely the Son of God, but with that understanding of who Jesus Christ is there's many names and titles throughout the New Testament and actually if you want to uh, look at it the Old Testament there's many names in the Old Testament that refers to and, and titles of Jesus Christ himself even in the Old Testament and uh, but we've been going through this for quite some time you say what what, how long have we been on this well I think this is 23 or 24 uh, messages on this but uh, There's so much to learn from the names and titles of Jesus Christ. I think there's so much that we can take and apply to our lives. And so that's why we've spent this amount of time on it and and probably still will will do a little bit more. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, and let's begin in verse 16. It says, Now the Lord of peace himself give you peace always by all means. The Lord be with you all. The salutation of Paul with mine own hand, which is the token in every epistle, so I write. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all, and amen. In verse 16, notice here, it says, Now the Lord of peace himself give you peace always. By all means, the Lord be with you all. I'd like to preach a message I've titled, The Lord of Peace, and let's pray. Father, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for the The many blessings, Lord, that you have blessed each of us with, there is no way that we could stand here tonight and and even recap all the blessings. Father, we thank you for your love that reaches far beyond the blessings. We thank you for salvation that reaches far beyond all. And, Lord, it's without that we have nothing. And so, Lord, we praise your name. We want to glorify you. And, Lord, as we look at this name of peace, the Lord of peace, Help us to understand the peace that we can have. Lord, it's your desire for each of those who know you as Savior to have peace. Now, Lord, I pray that you bless and the preaching thy word be with these that are unable to be here with us tonight, that are sick or in the hospital or wherever they might be. Lord, keep your hand upon them. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. You know, in a world of turmoil today, you find so many people who have no real peace. Uh, 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 you just look around. I mean, people are, are struggling to have, have a, a, a peace. I'm not just talking about those who are lost. It's amazing how many Christians that I may come across and, and be talking with, and, and they don't have, you know, if they was to be honest with you, they would say that they really don't have peace, or at least uh, that peace is a wavering in and out on them, and, and so they struggle with the peace of God in their lives. You say, "Well, preacher, I thought that once you got saved, that you had the peace of God, and that was it. Well, in one sense, yes; in another sense, no. Uh, if you if you believe the Word of God, you have the peace of knowing that uh, you're going to heaven. But sometimes, if we don't walk with the Lord, and we'll get into this, and there, you can you can have that peace uh, diminished on you, and you can struggle with it at times, and it could go in and out and up and down, you might say. And so we're looking at this tonight: the Lord of Peace." you realize that uh, probably one of the greatest testimonies that you and I have to, to this world is when they see that we have peace in our lives going through difficult times and struggles. Because really, to be honest with you, what good to them is your faith if when things go wrong in your life, you fall apart? They don't see anything. And so the, the, the great peace that we have in the trials of life, it's a true peace, it's a peace of God, and it is a great testimony to this world. And I think that's one of the reasons that we, we see so much in the Bible about peace. I don't know if you've ever really stopped and did a, a word search on the word peace in the Bible. It is amazing how many scriptures deal with peace. In fact, tonight, I don't know whether you write in your Bible or whether you've got some place you can write down. You might want to jot down some of these verses because I'm going to give you several verses, but I am no way going to exhaust the verses about peace. The, the, the Bible is so plain that God wants us to have peace. So let's get into this here. And, and first of all, Jesus Christ is the Lord of peace. So if the Lord of peace gives us peace, we need to know this Lord of peace and we've got to understand who he is and how he's able to give us this peace. We find over in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 7, it says, The peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds. And notice what it says, through Christ Jesus. So he is the Lord of peace. How, does, how do we get this peace? It's through Jesus Christ. It says he'll keep our hearts and in our minds through Jesus Christ. The peace of God comes through knowing Jesus Christ. First of all, as your Savior, you must have him in your heart. Uh, The Bible deals with the fact that when we get saved, that the Holy Spirit of God moves into our hearts and lives, and so that we have the, uh, the, the God of peace dwelling within us. And so we have peace with God, through Jesus Christ, and so it's important that you got to realize it's not the, the setting and the things that's going on around you that gives you peace, true peace, it's Jesus Christ. A lot of times people think, like, well, if I can take care of this in my life or if this goes well in my life, I can have peace. You know, it, it's easy to, when, when, you, when there's no turmoil and when there's no struggles in your life and maybe you're not facing a problem here and there, you can sit down and you can enjoy things and you think, man, I've got, I got all kinds of peace. But the real test is, is when the struggles come. The real test is is when the turmoils come. The real test is, is when the world falls apart, what do you do? You see, Jesus is the author of this peace. The scripture tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, in verse 33, it says, For God is not the author of confusion, but he didn't stop there, but of peace, but of peace as in all churches of the saints, So the Lord's not the author of confusion. When you talk to people and, and uh, if, you, if you're dealing with someone that maybe is going through difficult, difficult times, sometimes what you find is that there's great confusion in their lives, great confusion. They're struggling, there's confusion. They don't, know what, they don't know what to do. I don't know what to do in this situation. I don't know what to do in that situation. And, and, I, and I don't know how to take care of this. And, I, and they're confused. there's this great confusion. Well, the Bible says that that's not from Jesus Christ. So where does that come from? It comes from the devil. But Jesus says, Jesus, he, he is not the author of confusion. But he is the author of peace. So he's the one that authors that peace. And he, you say, well, what do you mean? He writes that bill of, of peace in your life and... And he authors that he he designs that that peace that can help you through those situations. Not only is Jesus the author of our peace, but He is also the procurer of our peace. Of our peace. You say, "Well, what do you mean?" by, by pro- procure, He's the one that gets it for us. He's the one that takes a hold of it. He's the one that presents it. He's the one that uh, uh, makes sure that we have that peace, you might say. A person that procures something is, is somebody that goes and gets something for somebody else. And Jesus Christ gave us that peace. You say, where do you find that at? Well, we find it over in Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53, most of us are familiar with Isaiah 53 because it's an Old Testament reference to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. His beating his suffering and all that he went through. But in Isaiah 53 in verse five, it says, but he was a wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. It's through his death, his burial and his resurrection that we can even have peace. He's the only one that could give that peace. He's the only one that could could go to Calvary and die in our place and give us eternal life because He is the Son of God. And so there's only one way of having that peace. That peace has to come through Jesus Christ, His death, His burial, and His resurrection. If you try to build your peace on anything else, it'll fall apart. It might be short-lived. You might feel good for a while and have a little bit of peace. You might have a... a, uh, A large bank account and you feel pretty good. Everything's going good. And hey listen, all it takes is something to happen and all of a sudden they can wipe out that wipe out that bank account. You might have a nice home. Hey listen, all it takes is maybe a, a tornado or something to come through or a fire and and it's gone. Your peace is gone. Everything you say, well, they can rebuild that, but they can't rebuild what you had in that house, can they? Pictures, things that mean so much to you. But you know what? You can have a peace. Even in that type of struggle and even in that type of problem, but when you put your when you place your life in the hands of those things to give you peace, it can't give you lasting peace. Only Jesus Christ and what He did at Calvary. When you stop and think about it, I, how do I know that I'm saved? How do I know that I'm going to heaven? You know this life is temporary. It's just, it really, I mean, stopping, you know, uh, we, we don't want, like to think about it, but we might as well, it's reality. Life is temporary here. One of these days, every one of us is going to die if the Lord doesn't come back. And then what? And so the most important thing, this is just a short span of time compared to all of eternity. This is just preparation for eternity. And so what we've got to think about is eternity when we're living here in this short span of time. And to know what we have in eternity is so important. So to know Jesus Christ that he went to Calvary, died in our place, rose again the third day so that we could have the forgiveness of sins so that we could have eternal life, that should give us some peace. Amen. And knowing that eternity is settled in our lives. You know what? If you're saved, you ought to be able to lay your head down tonight and say... If I don't wake up in the morning, I'm going to be shouting all over glory and not worry about it. And the reason we can have that peace is because what Jesus did at Calvary. And so he's the procurer of that peace. He's the one that presents us. He's the one that, that provided that peace for us. Jesus became our mediator for peace also with God the Father. The Bible says that uh, while we were were lost, while we were aliens, you might say, of the Lord, we were were his enemies. The Bible says that we were at enmity. That means we are the enemy of God. Without Jesus Christ, you are an enemy of God. A lot of people, oh, no, 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 I'm not an enemy of God. Uh, The Bible says differently. Those who do not know Jesus Christ as their Savior, they are at enmity. Otherwise, they are an enemy of God. That's just like, to be honest with you, a lot of people, if you say, well, you know, China, they would really like to, you know, wipe us out. Oh, no, 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 they're our friends. No, they're not. Well, Russia, Russia, you know, we don't get along, but we're not enemies. (laughs) Uh, You've been sleeping with your head under the pillow too long. Cut your oxygen off. And the fact is, is that they are an enemy of this nation. Now, we try to, to treat them differently. We try to... Uh, you say, well, you know, uh, no. If you look at Iran, a lot of people would say, well, Iran's not really an enemy. They just don't agree with us uh, in our belief of, of Jesus Christ. No, they are an enemy of this country. You can deny that you're an enemy and still be an enemy. In fact, and I don't know why I'm going here with this, in fact... The Koran says that they can lie about being even a Christian and say that they're a Christian in order to take control of a people. Just thought I'd throw that in for you in case you want to know how people think about Muslims and stuff like that. and why. Well, preacher, sure you know, they're just, no, that's what they're, they're taught. And that's what's in the Koran. I mean, you can go to the Koran and find yourself. But the fact is, is this. Without Christ, we're an enemy of God. And so Jesus Christ comes in and he becomes, through his death, through his burial, through his resurrection, he becomes the mediator for our peace. He comes between us and God and he makes peace with God for you and me. And so we find in Romans chapter 5 and in, uh, in verse 1, he says, therefore, being justified by faith, that's otherwise receiving what Jesus Christ had done in our lives. Being justified means that we have been, been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ, just as if we had died, justified. Uh, it's taken care of, our sins taken care of. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so that peace that we have with the Heavenly Father, there's a no longer, you two guys come up here. Let's say this is the Heavenly Father. Let's say this is Jesus Christ. Get in between me. Let's change this around here. Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, sinner. He has made peace. Before that, step back. Before Jesus Christ went to Calvary, there was no way that I could approach the Heavenly Father. Okay, no way I could approach Him. There was sacrifices made by the Jews but that did not allow them to approach the Heavenly Father. It was nothing more than a mere covering of sin until Jesus Christ came. When Jesus Christ came and died for you and me, shed his blood on Calvary, actually if you want to get in the whole picture, took his blood, offered it at the throne of God on the altar of God before the Heavenly Father as the ultimate sacrifice for sin. That's Bible. That blood was offered as a sacrifice for you and me. No other blood of lambs and goats and, and all could, could do that. But his blood did because it was sinless blood, perfect blood. It was the blood of the heavenly father. And so now, because before we were at enmity, I was, I was the enemy of God. Now we have a mediator. He goes between me and the heavenly father and he has brought peace between us. So he is the mediator of our peace. Do you realize what Jesus Christ, that he is the Lord of peace? And it's such a great thing because when you realize that at one time you was an enemy of God, now because of Jesus Christ, he's the Lord of peace. He has made peace between us and God. Therefore, let's take it a step farther. Because he is the Son of God, the Bible says that we are heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. I am no longer an enemy, but now, guess what? I am with God as the sons of God because I'm an heir unto the things of God. How? Through Jesus Christ, the mediator. Thank you, fellas. And so what we have is we have the, the mediation between God and man by Jesus Christ. We're justified by faith. We have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, secondly, the Lord of peace desires you to have this peace. He gives it at all times. What? Mm-hmm. That peace is available at all times. Look back with me in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16. Now, the Lord of peace himself gives you, notice what it says. Peace, what's the next word? Always. 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 Did it say sometimes? No, it said always. Did it say when, you're, when, when, when he feels like it no always that peace is available at all times it's not just on Sunday it's not just when you get saved but it's always that peace is available always the Lord desires for you to have this peace which only he can give at all times so well what type of times are you talking about good times yeah pretty easy to have, have peace during good times But when it's all always, that means bad times. Let me say it again. That means good times in your life. That means bad times that he wants you to have And his peace is available. He also wants you to have it everywhere, not just in church. Listen to me, not just in church does he want you to have this peace, but in the hospital bed, that's the type of peace that he gives. He's the Lord of peace. He gives it always. He desires that that peace uh, to not only be inward, but also to be outward. You see, sometimes when we think about peace, we think of only how we feel on the inside. But the Lord wants us to have that inward peace, yes. But he wants that peace to come to the outward, which reveals to the world the peace of God. You see... When the Lord looks at you and me and he gives us peace, it's also for his honor and glory. It's so that others can see that peace in your life. Every one of us have seen people who went through difficult times and you look at them, they may not be smiling. But you can just tell that there's a peace. You can just tell that there's just a, everything's going to be all right. Then go through the difficult times, everything's going to be okay. They may not be happy with what's taken place, but there's a peace, there's a peace that settles in their hearts. And if you, if you've been around anybody that has the peace of God in those situations, guess what? You can tell it on the outside, you can tell on the outside. Now just think for a minute. If you're a lost person, you don't know Jesus Christ, your Savior, but you've heard people talk about about Jesus as being so great and that he loves you and that he takes care of you and that he'll be there for you and, and he'll meet the needs that you have. And then they see you go through a difficult time. One of the first things in their minds is this, where's your God now? That's why he wants that peace to be on the outside too, because when they look and they see that, the question's answered. Where's he at? Still right where he always was, in my heart. And he'll carry me through the difficult times as well as the good times. So that peace is, is always, he said, not just in the good times, but in the bad times, the difficult times, the struggles of our lives. Thirdly, this peace of God is extended into our lives by many different ways. You see, sometimes we think that the peace of God only comes one way. We think that it's just a feeling that comes over us, and then we're okay. And that's not necessarily so. The Lord uses a lot of different ways to bring peace into your life. Look at verse 16 again. Now, the Lord of peace himself give you peace always, and notice what it says next, by all means. He's able to give peace by all means, methods, occasions, instruments, occurrences, peace, maybe in prosperity, in every form and shape. He's able to work in different situations in your life and to give you that peace through different many avenues in different ways. Have you ever, have you ever uh, maybe uh, uh, been struggling and somebody comes up? <coughs> say, you doing all right? Well, no, it's not going so good. And maybe they put their hand on your shoulder and say, let me have a word of prayer with you. And they pray. And God reminds you that he's God. And the peace of God settles in. It might be that you're thinking, how am I going to pay this bill? I just don't know. And I, I don't know how this is going to take place. And I just don't know how this is going to unfold. And maybe you walk out to a the uh, mailbox. You open up the mailbox. Who's that from? You open it up. And somebody says, just thinking about you, and they sent you $20. God's reminding you, I control all of it. I can take care of all of it. $20 may not have been enough, but he's reminding you. And the peace settles in. You know, we don't know sometimes. And sometimes it's just through sheer, sheer faith of Scripture that reminds us different ways, different means in which the Lord can show us peace and bring peace into our hearts and lives. Knowing it might be, I don't care, I don't think Brother Jim would, not, would care, if I, but he's shared some at times about going, you know, uh, with the brain aneurysm deal and and how that, you know, just there were just a peace. Just a peace. Laying in the hospital, talking different ones, and just a peace. Knowing that God puts you in the right place with the right people to take care of the need that you have at that very moment. Peace of God. That's the way God works. And so, it's not just an automatic feeling that comes in all the time, but sometimes it's through situations, through different means that he's able to bring peace into your heart and life. We could go on and there's so many multitude of different ways that there's no way for us to stand here and try to line them out because you can't do that. There's not just one way or by one means the Lord gives us peace inwardly and outwardly into our lives. But by his own choosing as he sees the need in your life and my life because he knows exactly what it will take in your life to bring that peace. Because hey, listen. You, it might, you say, well, you, you know, it, it might. It, couldn't he just one way of giving peace? Well, it might be. Listen, you talk about. I talk about the twenty dollars in the in the in the in the mail. You might have uh, one million dollars in the bank. Do you think twenty dollars would give you any peace? No. Not necessarily. But it could, because God can remind you that He can take care of situations. But it might be another area of your life. And so by many means, and many ways, the Lord brings a peace in your heart. But in each situation, let me say this. In each and every situation, when, when he gives you that peace, it always brings your heart and your mind back to the Lord of peace. Amen. Not the object, but the Lord of peace. Because that is where the peace comes from. If you place your heart and mind on the object, the peace won't come. But it's the reminder that He gives us. Then, fourthly, this peace which the Lord of peace gives is different than what the world's peace is. I'm not going to say that the world can't give you some peace. I'm not going to say that. Because there can be some peace given. By the world. The problem is it's short-lived. And it's and it depends on man, and man is fallible. In John chapter 14 and verse 27, notice what he says here: peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. And notice what he says: not as the world giveth, give I unto you. And he goes on and says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You see, the world's peace will be taken away when your heart becomes troubled and afraid. But when you have the peace of God, your heart can be troubled and it can be afraid and you can still have peace. The peace of God is different. A life lived in and for the Lord Jesus Christ brings peace. A peace that the world knows nothing about. A peace that is real and satisfying. And John 16, 33 says, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. And notice what he says. In the world ye shall have tribulation. Okay? The peace in the Lord is different than the world's peace. In the world you're going to have tribulation. It says, but be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. How can we have a different peace? Because the Lord has overcome the world. That's why his peace is greater. He is greater than the world and he's overcome the world. He's overcome death. He's overcome hell. He's overcome uh, uh, sin. He's overcome Satan. He's overcome all those things that we might have the peace of God knowing that we have eternal life, that knowing that he is there for us and that he is in us and that he'll never leave us and he'll never forsake us. So we have the peace of God. Not as the world has, but a peace that he has. Jesus has overcome the world and he's able to give this peace even in the most trying of times in our hearts and in lives uh, if we'll walk with him. And fifthly, this peace of God should separate us from the world. This peace that we have should make us stand out from the world, should make a difference than what the world has. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, says, and the God of peace, notice the next word says, sanctify you wholly. When it says holy, there, he's not talking about the holiness, he's talking about completely. He says, sanctify you, the peace, sanctify you completely, you might say. And I pray the God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so what he's saying here, the God of peace, And the peace of God should set us apart that this world might see a difference in our lives, even in difficult times. We've already kind of talked about that. It's to sanctify us. That peace sets us apart. When you have the peace of God, it should set you apart. And when people see you set apart, they should see a difference in your life. Can I tell you something? One of the problems today with Christians, the lost world is not seeing a difference in Christians' lives. And so they need to see this difference. They need to see that. It's not a, a put on. It's not something that we, that we necessarily uh, uh, line out. But the peace of God will s- separate us. It will set us apart. It will sanctify us completely, making us stand out different from the world. Okay? Come up here, you guys. You guys, come up here. One on each side. One on each side. If you walked in the door and somebody says the preacher's standing up front, is there anything that would tell you who is the preacher standing here? Would it be? Ball hit. I'm gonna call out a she-bear in a minute. The <coughs> ball head. Well, that's probably part of it because all the congregation makes a preacher pull his hair out. Amen. But anyway, I'm not saying that just to close, but what I'm saying is there's a few things stand here. Number one, most people would say, well, they're really, and this is is different nowadays because. A lot of preachers don't wear suits and stuff like that to preach in. Okay? But if I'm standing here in a suit, and I've got a, a little bit more age than they've got, and I'm wearing something else, I'm wearing a microphone. There's already been a separation made so that you can tell a difference. Most people, even if I wasn't preaching, would probably pick me as the preacher. It might be Wyatt. It might be Blake. But most of them would pick me as the preacher just because of the way I'm dressed, wearing a microphone. Okay? I might be the song leader. <laughs> That's a scary thought. But it sets us apart. Here's the thing. In your life and in my life, the peace of God, it's not about your your clothing. Listen to me. It's about your spirit. It's about your spirit. And people can tell a difference in the spirit of those who have the peace of God and those who don't. Thank you, Phyllis. So it sanctified, that peace of God sanctifies or sets us apart completely so that the world can see a difference. Here's the dangerous part. What if, as a Christian, you're not walking with God and you don't have the peace of God? What are you telling the world? And the Lord wants that to be set apart. And he wants people to see the peace of God. Why does he want the world to see the peace of God? Because Jesus Christ is the Lord of peace. And if Jesus Christ is the Lord of peace, and they see the peace of God in your life, what are they seeing? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. They're seeing the manifestation of what he can and will do in a born-again born believer's life. And so that peace of God should separate us out from the world. Number six, the key to peace received from the Lord of peace is our walk and fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ himself. In Second Thessalonians chapter 3 there in verse 16 and also in verse 18, notice it says, Now the Lord of peace himself give you peace always by all means. And notice what it says. The Lord be with you all. You say, well, preacher, that's a salutation. But it's an important salutation. It's a very important salutation. Because he just got done talking about the Lord of peace. And now he's saying, I would that the, that the Lord be with you, that you be with the Lord, that you walk with him, that you fellowship with him. Look down in verse uh, 18. he says basically the same thing. He said, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Again, yeah, preacher, it's a salutation. It's more than just a salutation. It is the desire of, of Paul here that, we would walk with the Lord so that we could experience the peace of God. And so there's an understanding here without that walk with the Lord, with, without Jesus being the Lord of our lives, there can be no peace. You, he can be your Savior. And that's why a lot of times today Christians have no peace. He's their Savior. They've received Him as their Savior, but they're not walking with Him. They're not walking with Him. There's no fellowship there. And so there's no peace there. Why is there no peace? Because he wants you back in fellowship with him. And so there cannot be the peace until you're in fellowship with him. And so Paul says, walk with him. You see, if if, if he's not only your savior, but he's also your Lord, then that part where it says he's your Lord, that means he's in control of your life. That means that you're walking with him. There'll be peace in our hearts, and we'll have, and, and it'll help us encourage other uh, encourage peace in, in other Christians and, and the church also. Do you know why there's turmoil in church? I'll tell you why. Because of Christians that don't have any peace. Do you want know people get upset with, with the uh, the color of the carpet because there's no peace in the church? There's no there's turmoil. Do you know why people nitpick at things that maybe the preacher says or somebody does in the church or, 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 well, they didn't shake my hand. Well, bless God. The problem is, is because there's turmoil in your heart and you don't have peace with God. Let me back you up. Great peace have they which love thy law and what? Nothing shall offend them. Nothing. I'm going to tell you something. If you don't have peace in your heart, as good of a person as I am, you can find something wrong with me. It'd be real hard, but you might. No, it'd be real easy. It'd be real easy. We become critical in our thinking and we become critical in our lives when there is turmoil in our hearts, when there's a war being waged in our hearts, when we do not have the peace of God because we are not walking with the Lord, because we're not in fellowship with God. Let me be honest with you. Let's say that, that uh, 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 Blake has done something wrong, uh, to basically, to Wyatt. And to be honest with you, if Wyatt is walking with the Lord and is at peace with God, even though he's done something wrong to him, now he may say, you, you shouldn't do that. But you know what? He's not going to get upset over it. It's not going to end his, probably wouldn't end his friendship with him. Probably still sit on the same seat. Probably still do things together. I'm not saying that it wouldn't be addressed, but it would be addressed in a way that, hey, listen, still love you, brother. But if there is no peace in his heart... Then he's liable to try to get vengeance or to do back to him what he's done to him. That's what's happening in churches today. There's no peace in a lot of churches. You, you wind up with all these cliques, you wind up with all these problems in churches. You know why? Because there is turmoil in the hearts of Christians and no peace of God in their hearts. And all it takes is two or three and it messes up the whole church. And so there we need to strive to walk with the Lord and stay in that fellowship with the Lord so that we can have that peace of God. Without that walk, we don't have that. You see, if there's trouble in the church... There's going to be trouble in somebody's heart. In James chapter 4, and begin verse 1, I'll read it real quickly. It says, From whence cometh wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your own lust that war in your members? Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is the enmity with God? whosoever therefore will be a friend of this world is an enemy of God and so therefore if you're if you as a Christian if you become a a friend of the world and as and when I say friend of the world you adopt the world's philosophies you do what the world does you act like the world you talk like the world you do all that through, you become part of the world you become an enemy of God you say but preacher I'm saved I understand that but listen you still become an enemy of God because you're not at peace with God if you're not at peace with God you're at, you're you become an enemy Down in verse 8, he tells us, he says, Draw nigh to God, and he'll draw nigh to you. He talks about all this. He said, Here's how you take care of all that problem. The same thing we've been talking about. If you want peace, walk with God, fellowship with God, spend time with the Lord. Why? Because he's the Lord of peace. He says, Draw nigh to God, and he'll draw nigh to you. Down in verse 10, he says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Our peace is, is tied so closely to our relationship with the Lord. How important and that relation is daily. I mean daily. It's important. Our relationship daily is important to our peace that we have as a Christian. That's why, Christian, that we should stay in the Word of God daily. It's not how much of the Word of God that you're reading daily as much as it is how much of the Word of God that you're putting in your heart. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Psalms 119, 11. And so therefore, it's important to put the Word of God in our hearts. Not only is it important to put the Word of God in our hearts, but it's important to pray, that fellowship with God. Talk with the Lord. Spend time with Him. Fellowship. Notice the importance also of loving the Word of God, I mentioned that, but notice the, the importance of it, loving the Word of God in your life and how it affects our peace. The psalmist said in Psalms 119, verse 165, he says, great peace have they which love thy law. And I said that, well, and nothing shall offend Well, he's talking about, great peace have they which love the Word of God. When you love this book, it transfers into your heart, a heart of love, which brings about peace in our lives. You see, Jesus is the Lord of peace. He's the one who told the storm on the sea, peace be still, there's a great calm. And he's the one that will bring a great calm in your heart and life and bring a great peace. The same one that calmed the sea and said, peace be still, is the one that can say, peace be still in your heart and life. And calm the raging and the fears of your life. Why, preacher? Because He's the Lord of peace. The Lord of peace. We could go on and on tonight. Well, it's just do you some good just to sit down and take a concordance or just look up peace throughout the scripture. It's so important in our lives. Because this world is looking and the great testimony unto this lost world is the peace of God, which passeth all understanding in the hearts and lives of Christians. It's needed. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for loving us. Lord, there may be some here struggling with peace. Lord, help them to find that place, Lord. Draw nigh to you as the scripture says that they, that you might draw nigh to them. Lord, give that peace. Lord, may that peace set us apart, that this world might see Jesus Christ in us. There might be a peace from our lives that calls the lost world to the Savior, the Lord of peace. They might have peace with the Heavenly Father. Lord, I pray that you be with us now. Help us to glorify you. May your will be done in this invitation, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with your heads bowed, your eyes closed.